This is a podcast from Minute Media. Oh. <laughs> it would be a wolf, but I. Hello, 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 and welcome to today's episode of the Wolves Fancast, and I guess, sadly, the last cast of the season, Stu. Yeah, on on hiatus until uh, late August. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't really remember if we do it for the um, the Carabao, the milk, the Worthington, but you know, it's <laughs> it's it's disappointed in it for you know we, we haven't had at least a run past the fourth this year. It's, it's uh thing is yeah. we doing this we kind of been properly up for the cup again and getting all getting the dreams back and after after that carabao run at the start and me deliberately not going to forest because I, I was sick of it and poor performances and no one being bothered and then beating forest and then having a little the performance against Spurs. okay He's going to take the cup seriously. Then we had the, the last round against Sheffield United in the FA Cup. And I was believing again. It was getting to me. I was getting cup fever again. And I, and I didn't want the antidote. I didn't want it to come. And now, after yesterday, it's like, oh, fuck. Can I even be bothered next year? <laughs> can this, yeah. can, is it now a case of this club is cursed and we're never going to see, see us in a final of anything ever in our lifetime? Yeah, I, I had a friend text me at five o'clock yesterday saying, well, looks like I'm never going to Wembley then because uh, he missed out on the semi-final um, a few years back. So, yeah, um, but y- you know what? You're right. I think it's a hope that kills you. Kind of sums up, I guess, how we were sort of feeling at, you know, two o'clock on Saturday because you look at the starting lineups, basically as strong, I wouldn't say as strong. Yeah, actually, yeah, sorry. Um, I, I personally wouldn't have gone for midfield three of Nevis Matunia and then Donker against Norwich. But, oh, you know, Luke Kundal wasn't playing, for example. You know, it was a it was a full-on, full-strength side. Hmm. Um, uh, it, well, well, I faithfully put... That's well, a I was that's, gonna, a, that's a championship team you've ever well, saw. Well, Stu, you've actually introduced my newest segment. It's the That Didn't Age Well comment of the week from Stu Hall <laughs> from the Fancast um, WhatsApp group, which was um, full strength fire emoji by you. Then you shared the uh, knowledge line and said basically a championship side. Yeah. No excuses. Which is exactly, exactly what I stick by. And to put a performance in like that against a team like them, there is no excuses. It was it was pitiful. <laughs> um, but the, the, the whole Dendonka thing, I mean, it, when it came out later that Trincao had COVID, that's why he wasn't there. Mm. This kind of... I mean, it, oh, who knows? Let's just, let's just get the rant out of the way now. Just straight into it. <laughs> After one week of the transfer window being closed, it's already looking a complete and utter fuck-up of monumental proportions <laughs> already because <laughs> for what, him to what's bad after... you what's I'm, I'm, i don't like to cut you off mid-rant what's worrying is that wasn't even a rant i thought you were going to go with today oh no that's there's many uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's 
I mean, for instance, when he came out, and he, it's pretty obvious what he was saying, where we didn't have Chinkau, so we had one winger and we had no choice but to put Dendonka and get him, let him to do, try and get him to do something. That's pretty much what he was saying after the game, which when you look through it, I thought, well, okay, we played with three midfielders against Brentford and it worked well. And I said last week that I ain't really that fussed. If we play wing backs and we play them advanced, then we and we using the width from that way, then bring it on because they're, they've both been playing well. But what was it? I'm going to flip between how bad Dendonka was to the job he was being asked to do. Fine. But when he's asked to do do any other job of any other kind, he's equally as bad anyway. I'm not going to single him out tonight because he's why? Because there ain't many who come out with any kind of um, good points whatsoever. But yeah, we all it was all there for us. You look at that lineup, thinking, well, is it going to be Tuesday or Wednesday when we play in the uh, in the fifth round? And it's free. It's midweek under the under the lights. Oh, oh, let's bring it all back. It'll be great. And then. To put a performance in like that against them again for the second time in three months, which is shit. Yeah, I, I don't quite know what it was. I can't always quite put my finger on. I, no. I, the only way I could put it down was um, almost like post international break lag. That this is a team who we seem to have done quite well playing quite quick succession and finding that rhythm. I, I, I saw um, as a Liverpool podcast saying the same about them. It's like, actually, you know, however much Klopp complains about, you know, having to play, you know, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday for eternity, mm. they, they, they find their rhythm. And I can't, I, I, I like looked back on that like December, January period where like we had a couple of clusters of games where we played in quick succession you go yeah i can i can kind of see it but um before we kind of dive deep into the game um one thing i did want to mention and it's a positive note is is cody um playing his 300th game for wolves um which i, I do think very much in this day and age as well right to yeah. have someone and it not feel like a chore or anything like it didn't feel like it's it's been dragged out like it's not like phil jones has hit 10 years at man united and i like phil jones to be fair but actually this is someone who for four four seasons basically now four five if you include this one has pretty much played every game it it isn't like it's been eked out this is this is someone who has been at the forefront of the um of the shift at Wolves in the last half a decade now. Yeah, I mean, to for the post post Nuno era, let's just say that from when he when he came in to miss one game through suspension in the Championship and one game through being in contact with someone with COVID, and that mm. being it, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. Five years worth. You don't get, and like you said, it's not been a chore. He's not like, oh, we, we haven't got a choice. But, well, kind of haven't got a choice, but um, he's, he's there on merit still. Yeah. And it's a testament to him that it I, it crept up on me. I, I was kind of, what, already? I had, to do, I had to do the maths. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and for for the clubs to do that as well, in the, for audio listeners, the, um, a picture of, 
the uh, Lower Steve Ball with Cody 300 spelled out in mm. the seats, which obviously I was above that, so I, I didn't see that until this morning. Um, but yeah, really, really nice touch for an excellent captain and a really good guy. Yeah, exactly. And it it, it was a shame that <laughs> that was borderline the highlight of the afternoon. Um, in in terms of what was kind of going on, I guess on the pitch because. Yeah, it's crap, wasn't it? I mean, you know, we'll, we'll talk first half um, first because it makes, you know, linear sense. Um, yeah, the, the, the Dendonka playing in this, like, weird hybrid role where it was, uh, again, and I appreciate Norwich's form has picked up a bit and ironically it sort of started, I think, the week before they played Wolves of course. Um, previously. So I was like... I. I I assumed we'd win because we're a better team. Um, and I thought Norwich would at least push us a little bit when you look at their team as well. But just nothing really clicked, did it, first half in particular? No. And I think I was I spent the first 15 minutes trying to understand what he was what Dendonga was supposed to be doing. Because hmm. at times he looked like he was supposed to he was a 10, and then he was on the right wing. <laughs> well, he's not gonna be doing anything there, is he? And then he was up front for a bit. And it was all very odd. And when we go back to that game in December, the snow day, and it was like, it was almost carbon copy how annoyingly bad it was. Because you got, like you said earlier, you can't really put your finger on what what it actually was that made it so bad. It was just a, a kind of a combination of all a lot of different things. And like the passing was off, all these weird, like chipped long balls over the top. People to run onto when the fastest player that we've ever had has been got rid of, and we never did that when he was here. It was just strange, and when it when it clearly wasn't working, and they obviously got a bollocking at the end of the at half time, which we'll come on to in a bit. But it, I think we've we've moaned on here about cup atmosphere anyway, but you can't blame people for not being up for anything when they're watching that in front of them. Yeah. And no amount of fire or loud music or anything or 300 banners or whatever, he's going to get people off their seats. Well, get them singing or chanting anything. And when you're watching dull dirge in front of you and having the Norwich fans or the the few that turned up who were uh, who wouldn't who weren't bludgeoned to death, um, Having them in the quadrant never helps atmosphere-wise because when they're next to the South Bank, it's always a bit more on edge. Um, mm. And fair play to them. It's an away day. They they did away day things, singing their one song over and over again. But they're still, they're still trying to get something going. But normal people in the Steve Ball weren't there. Like they were probably in the South Bank as a, one, as a one-off. So you, know, you were never going to get the atmosphere from that point of view. North Bank, it's the North Bank and it's deadly silence at the best of times. So for, for something to happen, it would have been after happen on the pitch early or, or a sending off or some controversy, which nothing happened at all. No, I mean, you, you bring up an interesting point around, I guess, sort of fans driving performance. And I think considering we played a year and a half behind closed doors, I do find it kind of interesting how we kind of loop back to, you know, and I think we've got a question for Twitter Corner around sort of, you know, 
I, I can't quite remember off the top of my head about sort of day outers and stuff like that. But for a cup game, this was a very boring fixture. Mm. Like, you know, it's against someone in the same division of us, not an exciting or interesting opposition. I was going to say, no offense, Norwich, it's not a bit, it's fact in it. Like it, it, it's not gonna, it's not gonna appeal to a lot of people. Whereas you know, even if we'd have had a championship team, I think you know Wolves would have probably had to have come out swinging a bit more. So I can sort of see why. Well, fans might not just quite fancy. It. We've had a little break from football as well, so it's everyone can't find their rhythm again. Um, but yeah, and, it, it, the, but from the, from minute one, you know. Hell, I'll, I'll kind of not quite go tin hat, but you know, I think even having the Cody things, like almost slightly, like, oh, it's just nice. It's just nice, mm. isn't it? It's just we're, we're here, we're here for the football now. That's nice. Oh, well done. Now, if you want to buy into that, great. I'm of the belief, anyway, that kind <laughs> that the, these players that, that they are professionals. They don't hugely care about what's happening on around them they've got a job to do at the moment and that job is to win a fucking football match <laughs> you know whether you know trevor is in you know l1 or s4 and oh that, that means he's he's not gonna sing you know bruno Lajo's barmy army I, I i i don't think it impacts as much as we think however i think it impacts the fans more if the players aren't quite showing mm. Yeah, and that, that but you know, it's it, it, I guess it's chicken and egg from you know literally just what I've said. But you know, if the team aren't playing well, then you're not going to have happy fans. No, it's simple, and isn't it? There's a there's, and the, that interesting point that Tim Spears said as well that makes perfect sense to me that because Kidderminster lost there, we were all deflated from the kickoff. Yeah, so we, yeah, um... and like it, it, it sounds really silly, but I think you do sometimes get it with I guess the cup weekends that. You, yeah, I've, a lot of people get, did get wrapped into that kiddie game, didn't they? I mean, everyone, I mean, that was the first time that all the Kelvy propaganda had been taken off the screens in the Steve Bullupper. Um, I don't know what it's been like in the rest of the stadium, but I presume it was the same where you had mm. get boosted now and wear a mask and blah blah blah. Um, yesterday was the first time that actually shown something other than that on there, so you had loads of people in the, in the concourse watching that game. When I lasted till I think there was two minutes of extra time left before I went to get into my seat, but there was a lot of people who didn't know who stayed downstairs and was watching it. So maybe it, however mental it sounded at the time to read that tweet, maybe it did have some kind of effect that it, it did have. Like if if Kidderminster had beat West Ham, then there'd be the possibility of going to Kiddy and everyone being like, oh yeah, up cut fever and all that. Kind of, it might have had. A, I'm not saying it, it's probably complete bollocks. But it might have had a slight impact on people's mindset that, oh, that's a bit sad. Who knows? Maybe. The fact that we, we, we're even thinking of, of reasons why. <laughs> so it's how bad I think the game it, was. it almost feels like we just don't want to talk about the game in a way. But I was going to say, <laughs> what it feels like is, say, uh, I guess you do get this in cup games, and as particularly I said, this being a sort of unattractive fixture. You know, we're all sort of focusing on the other ones, you know, um, time of recording. I think Bournemouth would have just beaten Bournemouth. You had Middlesbrough Friday night. And there's lots of things to kind of talk about, which is great. 
and you're almost focusing on other neutral games much more than I, frankly i would as you know if, if, if this was going to be a saturday three o'clock kickoff which it inevitably would be i probably wouldn't be focusing on the 12 o'clock game as much mm. as you would have done Kidderminster for all the obvious reasons but yeah it was a bit of a null and void first half uh you know noble stuff you've had um john ruddy uh with a kind coming out for a save um and also Norwich's goal. I guess we can't sort of, you know, not talk about it because it was the only major thing that happened. Um, first of all, do you think it was a free kick? Oh, no, no one near. It was, I mean, at this point, we are going to have to just start calling him something else, aren't we? Because David Coote is... <laughs> exactly what you think I'm going to say about him because every single time we have him, he's awful. Every time, without fail, him and John Moss, not fit for purpose, just shit. I mean, the, the two the two, the two, two main ones where he pulled Fabio up for, I mean, Fabio Silva out muscling someone's humiliating anyway, but he did it legally and fine. There was nothing wrong with him, the challenges that he, he and to, to blow up a, for a foul against him, it was piss poor. And as soon as as soon as you saw him swanning out in his little way that he does, you knew it was going to be one of them days. But he was never a free kick in a million years. No way. Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a uh, I, I, when I saw it and I watched it back, I thought it's soft. It is soft at best. I can kind of see why, just because he puts his hand on him. But it's like, it, really. Thing that annoyed me, and it's really pedantic, um, but the free kick wasn't really taken anywhere near wherever <laughs> that was. Now, yeah. whether that you could argue well, that gave them the extra, you know, the extra angle to whip in the ball um, or, or whatever, but it was an interesting kind of set piece goal. I, I, I kind of thought because you know it was a proper like training ground one, which I'd worked on in terms of just trying to like flick the header on and you know properly like scooped over everyone really didn't really have a chance um but you know considering Wolves abilities from defending set pieces this season not quite sure how I feel about that one now it's took me a few watches to realize what actually happened yeah at first I thought what is he doing why is he not moved <laughs> And then you think, well, it's in the absolute top corner. He's got no chance. It's not people blaming Ruddy. I mean, come on. No, I, I wouldn't go as far as blaming Ruddy for it. And no. so it wouldn't have happened. We saw, but he wouldn't have come for that anyway. So he would have done. No, it's exactly it's one of the more. And it was Aint Nuri who left him. It was he was mm-hmm. Aint Nuri's man, and he's ran, he's ran off him. Fair, but he's ran towards the corner. He's run towards the kicker, where you think, well. Do you follow the man? Which is that? Hey, we mark. It's kind of a mixture between both. Eight. So, do you do you follow the man and leave your space unattended when he's going away from goal? <laughs> I don't. I I don't know the answer to it. I mean, with the amount of bodies there, I, I would have said yes, following and man mark. But that's not how we've been doing things. So, it's just one of them weird freak goals that he could have gone anywhere. He could he could have been one of them where he's just he's nodded it back with the back of his head to put it back in well, to get I, into play. I think I think that's why he makes a run. I think the set 
I think the set play is for him to flick it back almost across goal to give it that extra bit of spin and to make sure it get almost gets that extra loop to get to the far post. The fact that it ends up in the back of the net is a massive bonus, but it just causes that extra bit of chaos, gets that man free. I can, you're completely right. I can see why he doesn't, uh, why Norrie doesn't follow him because say hey, the guy's winning away from goal. In theory, like he's just opened up a bit of space for something to happen. However, if you do, if you don't follow him, you need to make sure that you actually win that ball. And mm. I, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm probably more on the lines of the zonal than man marking and stuff like that. But you know, it's players who score goals than rather than the space. Yeah. And actually, that yeah, I, I I just think it was actually quite a savvy set piece move from. Um, from, from Norwich in the end. Um, a, a couple of players I wanted to sort of chat about kind of especially going into the second half one was Fabio Silva and we mentioned, you know, he was at the end of a couple of, I guess, no, I, I usually say things like questionable. For, for, for one on like the halfway line where like he rolled him, I, I don't understand. You even saw, you even saw right Coops to go, mm, you did you did use your show. It's like, well, yeah, you're, I thought you were allowed to use your shoulders, so long as you're not using your hands. Like he's literally just sort of just moved him around to one side and span off him. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. The bloke's never played the game in his life. Clear as day. The amount of stuff that like that that happens all the time. Not just, to, not just it for us. If you're watching referee any game, he gives all these shitty little soft fells all the time. Like he doesn't understand football. Yeah. I mean, when you compare it to, and I cannot remember his name for life me, I think it was against Burnley, where we had that ref, it was his first time in Premier League, and mm. he just let things play. If it needed to be called back, it was calm and he was patient, but he let the game flow against two quite industrious teams. And when you see that happen on the halfway line, I, d- I just couldn't see it. It, it. What reasons are there? But um, what do you think of Silver overall? Because I've seen a few bits and bobs online. But you always do with him. So, what 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 was your take on 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 Saturday? I thought he was fine. And when we got back in the car and put WM on, the first three callers were slagging him off. I thought, oh, here we go. Then this is now now all you idiots have been showing up for slagging Samado off, and how stupid you were with that. You've got to find another scapegoat now, and it's inevitably going to be Fabio because of the money and whatever. What did he do wrong? <laughs> he, for the most part, I thought he held the ball up pretty well. His touch was all right. And it, he didn't have any service at all. What's the bloke supposed to do in that situation? Yeah. When Raul came on later on, he didn't have no service. He did less. <laughs> he did less maybe the same effective-wise, but Without the ball, what you what you're supposed to do? You're gonna. I mean, at times when he came on, now we were skipping around the timeline a bit, but he was in his own half getting the ball. Yeah, and you think, well, no, we've got three midfields on the pitch. Yeah. And what are you go away, go up there? But he was being so isolated and so starved of the ball that he was dropping back like Harry Kane was earlier in the season under Nuno for the mm. Spurs. And for Fabio was for a kid like that still. For his age, learning his trade against a team like that, being pushed all over the place, getting nothing off the ref whatsoever, and when he does put himself about, gets penalised for doing nothing wrong, I, I, I've no clue where all these hates come from at all. 
completely baffled by you. I, I, I think you said before, you remove the price tag from from him, and mm. I don't think anyone questions how he's doing developmentally, even last season. And I'll admit, I was, I've, that's not admit. I, I, I think I sort of on the record saying I think he was a good player for us last season. He just needs games and he needs minutes. On Saturday, I don't think he did amazing. No one did. But he wasn't awful, but no. he's only relies on needing players near him. Like, you, you, how he does when, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk Podence in a sec. If Podence is on form and playing well and playing near him, getting him involved, it's great. And I think the fact that, you know, I don't want to dig out players as much as I can help it, but then Donkers enthused that key man because if he ain't connecting up with Silver that bit higher pitch, whether it's as a midfielder as a, as a right winger, then we're basically playing with 10 men because he needs the support. He needs players around him. Like, And, and part of it is because he is still young and he's still developing and he's not... <sighs> It's going to sound harsh when I say, but he's not quite good enough in terms of like, yeah. you, you can't expect him to do certain things at this point in the same way you could sort of get away with it with a peak Jimenez. Um, but I say, when, when you see some of the slander online, it's, it's like, come on, have a look at what he, how he's played the last few games this, this season and how he's pushed on leaps and bounds. And even on Saturday, say, didn't perform any worse than anyone else. And, if the issue is he didn't get, he didn't score, well, it's like, well, yeah, because he didn't really have any chances. Like, if he, if he just fluffed his lines four times or couldn't have got in the box, then it'd be a different story. Um, but yeah, um, how about Podence? Because I think it sort of feels at the moment that if Podence plays well, Wolves play well. But yeah. I thought he played well on Saturday or better than m- most, but he sort of still wasn't everything clicking for him. Do you think? Again, the late formation switch didn't help him or what? He never plays one in the middle, does he? Whenever we whenever we've tried this before, and like people say, Oh, he's got all the attributes to be a ten, which he, he has. He has got the attributes, but he doesn't seem to be able to do it. Uh he seems to when he's drifting in from the from wide, that's what his game is. And trying him up I mean, obviously, again, not his fault. Um he just seemed offy. It's it's a typical winger, eh, really. It's like one game on, one game off. That's what you kind of expect from him. But I don't know. that He just it didn't seem to click, did he? It was all over the pitch. He just didn't seem to click. And you do wonder how late this change was. If if Trincao had tested positive on the morning of, I, I, I haven't seen that. I don't know when he was. Um because it looked just looked disjointed and and all like they didn't know what they were supposed to be doing. Mm. So yeah, I think he's it, a, a victim of that. More, him and Dendonka are a victim of the situation more than anything else. Yeah, I think de- definitely. I think in in sort of different ways. I mean, directly, directly Dendonka just because he was asked to do something and not in his capability to do it or in his form or whatever at the moment. And then opponents just seem to not be able to bounce off that. And, you know, he's, I say, he, he's been one of my favourite players the last three months to, to watch. And you get bits of it on Saturday, but then you get the other side where he goes down easily and you've got the, the simulation and 
knows better than that. But, you know, we talk about him starting Dendonka instead of Trincao, who was out. Do you think that was, um, in hindsight, which is a wonderful thing, do you think, um, as I suggested they should, um, on the good Forza football app, um, that Wolves could have started um, Chiquinho as a bit of a different option, who I thought showed a bit when he came on. Well, the the cross that he put on was the best cross of the season from anyone. Yeah, and let's just get it let's that? get it out of the way. Yes, Adama Traore has got one assist after twenty five minutes today, and again, that is the best cross he's put over all season. It's not because they've got people in the box; it's because all his crosses inevitably end up out for a goal kick or a throw in. I was going to say I did watch it and. But there was a great point where he he did he stopped and he's one on one with the left back and I think it must be like one of the centre midfielders sort of came to cover the run inside and it's like have you watched any Adam Traoré <laughs> like he is not about to just try and drive into the box on his weaker foot there's only one place he's going and to be fair hey it's a bet saying fantastic ball in and well finished by uh, was it Gavi yeah yeah. But, um, yeah, Chiquinho, a full life, lively player. I really happy yeah. with him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was fully behind why he didn't start him, because yeah. new, new new player, kid, can barely... I mean, fair, fair fucks to him, you know. <laughs> Putting himself out there for, a, for an English media interview without being able to put a... Well, even I can't tonight, for um, put a sentence together... No, even Neves didn't do that when he came when he came here, mm. and so he's got something about him to just do that. But to start him in a game like that against what well, he's still Premier League opposition, it made sense to come off the bench for his first game, um, just as a so slowly, slowly kind of thing. And he has said, Bruno said himself, didn't he, that he's for the future, but he mm. he will help us now. And but yeah, you're right. I mean, he he came on and he was. He wasn't scared. He, he was, yeah. He was right at him straight away. So I mean, I wouldn't be averse to playing him on against Arsenal now on Thursday, because just just because if the, if we're in this situation again, which you imagine we would be, if it, if it was the day of the game, it's going to be less than five days. So Trinkel will still be isolating. You'd imagine. Um, you, we can't do this again. It failed massively, <laughs> and. But again, like I said, we can't try something completely, completely different, like Jimenez and Silver up front, or, or something. But it would yeah. need to be something very, very different game plan. Because I mean, it, yeah, it worked at Brentford, but then Donker was playing a completely different game against Brentford than he was yesterday. Hmm. And do you go back to that against Arsenal? Well, this is for the previous show anyway. But yeah, I think it made more. It made sense to me for for him to start on the bench. For this game, anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it is as like I said, and you've you've um, highlighted as well. I think it's shown that he is one for the future, but I can see why they snapped him up now um, rather than gambling in the summer. He's definitely going to be an extra body in terms of we need wingers. So you know, if, if he's able to give us fifteen minutes as a relief, um, you know, I've I think that's more than well, more than well um, deserved as a good idea. And in terms of sort of, I guess, sort of who did well, who weren't sure of. Again, we've got 
um, via Forza Football app where you can do your player ratings as well as your predicted lineups and everything else you can do on, I guess, sort of a football scores app in terms of live updates. Um, player ratings, man of the match. Stu, who are you sort of thinking? Because it was a little bit of a who didn't play as bad to a degree. Uh, well, for me, I mean, I, I, I think it's slanderous having... <laughs> Samado was a 6.5 because he was man of the match for me by an absolute mile. I just thought he, he did, he at least he looked like he wanted it mm. and he was trying uh, more than anyone else. Uh, Neves was all completely off it. Um, they looked like they'd had a week off, which is exactly what which they I had. had. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought, thought Ruddy, really, a couple of saves that he made, superb, didn't do anything wrong, which is nice. Um, other than that, that little dribble that he nearly he nearly got caught on, but mm. again, Jose Sars done one of them as well. So can't mind him for that. He got away with it, but it is it, for the first time in a while. It's picking picking from a bad bunch, really. And uh, yeah, I'll go with, I'll go with Samado just because that was that was the one after about seventy minutes who was in my head thinking this he's the only one here who deserves man of the match at all. Yeah, I can see that. I thought uh, I did think sort of Smedo had a had a decent game. To be fair, I think it's always difficult because we did really impose ourselves mm. enough on anything. Sort of for anything, I, I I actually I think sort of my highlight were potentially could have been Smedo, but I thought we're back well, we're back three and Buddy all did well. I say apart mm. from the goal, which was a bit so. I thought Cody had a really good game again. Yeah, um, you know, say. Uh, he, had, he had obviously the individual highlight at the start, but you know it didn't, didn't impact him at all. No, I think the bat, all of them. I mean, Toti Gomez again, just he's just there. Yeah, he's, like, he's just slotted perfectly, and, and you probably will bring Sace back in because I mean he he, he did try a couple of, of through balls for the first first time really, and and one landed, one didn't. Um, but he he wasn't phased by the fact that he didn't work. He was still he was still after the he was still wanting the ball, which for a, a central defender is kind of it's still quite alien, especially in this um, in this side. Other than Kilman, who was again just very Kilman about things, no fuss, yeah. just gets on with it. Yeah, none, none of the back foot, none of the back foot. Even eight Nura, I thought eight Nura. Like, yeah, it was. Awesome. Decent enough game, a steady game, and the problem the problems were in central midfield, and yeah, where we should have, we should have been overwhelming them, we were overwhelmed with more men. Yeah, so it, it did feel like they had a plan going in for most of this week, and it got it got so sort of well disrupted by Trincao being absent. Part of me just sort of works like, well, it's only taking Trincao to. Mm-hmm fold your plan in half um but at the same time i completely get it because we don't have a big enough squad for literally someone to say oh you're doing what he was supposed to be doing this week and you know we don't quite have that um but <sighs> it's the cup it happens it's after an international break we haven't it clearly it was an off hopefully anyway just a bad day at the office would you say yeah, and that the over um, the overreaction on Twitter was kind of it was nice in a way because we're not used to losing anymore. Yeah, and so when when we do, it's like oh, nuclear Chernobyl walls meltdown returns. 
I was going to say, I think it was probably about, f- uh, what did you rank out as five, out of five on a meltdown scale today? Oh, yesterday even. Uh, Around well, two there or was, three? Yeah, it was two or three. It wasn't like um, transfer window, like five. Um, no. Yeah, it was It was around about, around about middling. Just I think just because it was the cup anyway. And if if that would have been a league, league game against them, um, I think it, it would have been, been a, a lot story. worse. Yeah. yeah. No, completely agree. Well, we're going to chat a little bit more about the FA Cup and about the very fun fixture Februarys we've got coming up right after this short ad break. Hi, it's Richard from Wolves Fancast here. Just interrupting today's show before we get back to some questionable opinions and opinionated questions to talk to you a little bit about our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. They are a design agency that put you and your business first from web design, logo and branding design and marketing. If you have any marketing needs, get in touch with them to find out how they can help you get it right. They are over at pixelyettingmedia.com. Now let's get back to a show where we can give you some really forced wordplay, niche cultural references and maybe even a bit of football talk hello and welcome back um me and Stu, we are the cupcast boys and we are very proud of you know supporting balls in cup competitions so i'm asking Stu for you to do me a favor here and sort of take off the rose tinted spectacles and answer me this question is walls being out of the fa cup a blessing in disguise or a missed opportunity for us this season? Massive missed opportunity. <laughs> Massively. It's not like we're going to be in fixture chaos because the the next games, the next the next round would have been midweek anyway. And then you're looking all the way down to the Leeds game on the 19th of March, which is when the, the quarterfinals would have been. <laughs> Just... Everyone's like, oh, look, after what happened at Man United, Man United have gone, Arsenal have gone already, Leicester again um, today. And it's West Ham having that wobble as well. And you think, oh, they're, they're gettable. And it felt like it was opening up. And yet again, it's been slammed shut in our faces. And I was I was properly pissed off. I, I, had to, I, got, I got a kebab and, and a little sit down. I had to have a bath to calm down. I was so annoyed. But just just for that reason, because it was there, it was there for the taking. Not saying that we got, if we got Man, Man City or Liverpool, as would have uh, transpired today, you'd get past one of them, maybe getting past both is tough. Mm. But like, like we talked about last week, on our day, we can beat anyone anyway. And with a bit of luck, it was there for us. And it's been fucked up again. <laughs> For another year, yeah, I, I've I was trying to think of arguments for the opposition on this one, and that wasn't fun. So the only ones I could think of is potential extra fixtures with a very small squad. And I thought, well, yes, but there is essentially a price to pay for being better, which is you play more games, and I think every footballer would take that compromise mm. to be honest um i think the, the other one i had was about you say we, we have got a small squad however judging by the fact that you know luke kundal who is very much 
around the first team at the moment isn't really getting any games in the first team, but we're then not playing him in a, a comp, you know, an additional competition that we're in. So, well, it doesn't really kind of offer that opportunity anyway. If the only person who gets a game um, who's different is John Ruddy. Mm. That's the only person who's getting anything extra. Um, I don't know, like, I can't just, it's like, for me, like, winning momentum builds momentum. And yeah. actually, you know what? If we'd have won won this, it's another game in, that we've won in the, uh, in 2022. And, yeah, say so you look at the teams who are in it, and you can't always judge it, but the fact that the likes of Man United, so thankfully we don't have to play them again, um, and Arsenal are out already. You know, you are, yes, you are left with Spurs, you're left with Liverpool, Man City and Chelsea, but there's potential for some of those to play each other and you can't mm. go, well, I can start plotting a map here and you, it sounds really stupid, but you take out those teams and you go, well, we're the best team in it. We're the best team left. Yeah, And then exactly. sort of turn out that. Um yeah, I, I I will put out a question sort of saying if people think it could be a blessing in disguise because it allows us to focus on the league and all of that. But it will bring us m- nicely on to my next thing about the fixtures we've got coming up because I was very optimistic about two weeks after Brentford and we're all riding high on the fact that we were, you know, a couple of points away from top four or whatever. And then you look at the February fixtures and you go, actually, if we do have a significant drop-off in the next two months, a cup could be really handy just to keep the momentum of our season ticking over. And, you know, league petitions are temporary, hardware is forever. Exactly. You can't put anything on a trophy. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, you'll always have that. But um, yeah, I will put something out on social media, sort of saying if anyone's sort of not happy that we're out of the cup, but feels that there's an, a, a, you know, it could be a blessing for us in the league or something like that. Because I'm still struggling. I think there's still, you know, where, whether you're competing in the league for a decent finish or not, being in a cup's always good. You know, hmm. you look at any half decent usually it's continental manager like and Mourinho was big for it his first time around at Chelsea it was like we like first trophy he'd always want to win is for League Cup because it's just like getting something in early doors creating that victory mentality hmm. and you know that's why when you see sort of teams just you know phone it in which doesn't happen as much anymore um, I must yeah. say like to the degree that it was back what 15 years ago it was silly I'd say even five years ago, even five yeah. years ago, like pre-Pep. Um, yeah. I think it, even then it was it was a bit of a, oh, well, it's, it was an annoyance more than anything else. Mm. But like what we mentioned, like what I said about how far away the other the other rounds are, it'd be, it would have been extra games, but we would have had players back. Yeah. And you're looking yeah, at... Yeah, we'd have had opportunity to give fit, you know, Liverpool today, managed, they gave half an hour to Harvey Elliott. Yeah, I mean, when we when we would have had Neto out for the majority of the season anyway, and then mm-hmm. he he comes back and um, he's going to need minutes. He ain't going to get minutes playing in the Premier League, is he? So, yeah. is he, off the ten minutes off the bench here and there, and playing the under twenty threes, it's no, annoying. 
Yeah. So uh, that's going to end our FA Cup ranting um, and move us on to seeing how positive and or negative we are about the fixture, uh, February fixtures. So is it F-I-N-E or is it F-Y-N-E for any community fans out there? Um, just so you can differentiate which one's good and which one's bad. Um, so, but my, my sort of theory of this is that we cancel out the Norwich game now. Zimba Cup doesn't focus on the league. It is stacked February uh, for So we've got Arsenal on the 10th. Uh, Spurs on the 4th and West Ham on the 27th. So it is a big run against decent sides. How are you feeling about it at the moment? Kind of, you know, whether you're taking the loss against Norwich or not, how, where'd you head out with those sort of with this big five game running? Um, it comes back to the thing of we always put, we always turn it on against good sides normally, but you look at the squad and where a complete shambles it is now. And uh, is it going to last? Is he going to be able to cope with five games in a month? Oh, in three and a bit weeks now? It's it's a tough ask. And at 15, 15 possible points, what would you take from that? I mean, three three draws and a win? I'll be happy was, with that now. Well, I was going to say, like I, I was just trying to work out what I'd put us down for. And I think I'd... Pessimistically, I'd say five. Realistically, it's potentially six. You know, draws against Arsenal, win against Leicester and or West Ham and then draw against the other one. And I think probably, you know, lose to someone like Spurs. Yeah. That might still sort of be enough because we've got that bit of a buffer between, you know, mid-table and where we are currently. But you say that is a tricky it's a tricky fixture sort of um congestion for us to navigate i think and it's going to be i think really interesting to see what bruno does in terms of approaching each individual game as well because there's some scores to settle in there yeah yeah but, i mean uh, there's it's not like it's not like last season where we, we were nailed on to be beaten by these teams and it'd be the the usual walls way to lose against leicester and then beat Spurs or whatever, or beat West Ham mm. in their run. But yeah, there's there's no one there. I mean, uh, the Spurs games earlier in the season where we should have beaten them in the league, and then the, yeah. the League Cup was what it was. So you got you got that, and the, the whole trial raid and Nuno stuff, and there's a bit of needle there, like you said. Arsenal's just a, a shambles, aren't they? So, um. And then Leicester's always a bit fiery for whatever reason. And again, we should have beaten them earlier in the season. So you're right. There's there's history in these games automatically. So, so would I be happy? I mean, if we want to be in and around the kind of the hunt for Europe, we need to be getting more than six. But I don't think we're capable of doing it. Not with not with the squad that we've got. Unless unless by some miracle, everyone says fit. And we don't have to do like chop and change into the kind of mess that we had yesterday. Then maybe you could put in another couple of points in there and take it to eight, so eight out of fifteen. Superb. But realistically, I'd 
I'd expect six and be happy with that personally. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I. You know what? I'm going to go for six and think that. No, you know what? I'm going to be positive and go seven. I've decided because I think we'll do something really silly, like we'll beat Spurs both games, and then we'll nick a point off. Um, Leicester. Because like that, where like it, I feel like if it will be one of those where like you can manipulate it in different ways. Let's say so, you know, like say, oh, well, Wolves haven't won in three, yeah, but we're unbeaten or whatever, and you know, things like that. Or we've we've won three out of four, depending on mm. like how the games are sandwiched and things like that. I think we, I think we'll be fine. Just I know I reckon if you view it through the prism of yesterday, then I think it's going to be awful, but. <laughs> I also think that Bruno's going to stick a rocket up him. Yeah. Because he's... I, I know we've spoken about it before. I do love that man's post-match um, pressers. He has not got a filter. No. It's yeah, it, it's nice to see as well, rather than having four years of solutions and we go again and all that stuff. And he just says it like it is, and he, he couldn't give two shits. It's brilliant. Yeah. But like it, it, it's nice because it's still, you know, eloquent and how he's delivered it and all of that. But it gives you that extra little bit of insight where it's like, mm, not happy with you know the wingers. That's what that's what the issue is. So like, mm. uh, you know, the the blatant openness, frankness um, that that comes with it. I'm, I'm assuming the place respond to it quite nicely. Um, because, well, I'm not sure uh, how I would feel, sort of, otherwise, to be honest. Um, but, you know, say, he, I feel like it's quite hard. And, and I was going to say, congrats on Bruno being named manager of the month. I'm hoping that we've <laughs> got the curse out because we're playing a league opposition, even though it was in the cup. I think that's how it works. Don't quote me on the exact science or, and or magic, but that's what I'm thinking. So we should be fine for should be fine for Arsenal. Well, you see, he, he actually mentioned it. There. He said, "I don't believe in curses." <laughs> <laughs> so I thought he meant, like, in terms of us being cursed about never getting to a cup final ever again. But thinking about it now, it's more than likely going to be about the manager Mate, of the month so, curse. Yeah. yeah, I think so too. Um, shall we have some questions from Twitter corners, Stu? Bring them on. Right. So the first one is from, and I'm pretty sure this guy sent in two questions. It might be him or somebody else. A um, lot of reading involved in this one, so I'm going to have to bring it up on my phone. But um, he's basically sent a screenshot of a page from Glenn Hoddle's autobiography. Um, basically sort of said, do you think this could happen to um, Bruno in respect to moving the team forward? Will there be a major overhaul in the summer? Um, I'm worried that many key players will leave and we'll try to replace them on the cheap. Uh, on the cheap. Um, we should be building around them. So I'll read the team. Um, I'll, re- I'll read sort of a passage from the book really briefly. Um, but essentially, it, it's around his relationship with Joe Lewis, Daniel Levy, um, and, and his sort of overall frustration with well, basically working at, at Tottenham and, you know, 
essentially the point is it, it mentions a, a form Wolves player in this is that um, we had a tired and uh, frayed squad. We need more energy in midfield, given that Darren Anderton whoop, whoop, and um, Tim Shield were getting gone. But the lack of funds forced me to make into compromises like signing uh, Jane Radden upon a free from Liverpool. It wasn't the behaviour of a club looking to challenge the elite. Most of our best players were approaching retirement. I love Jamie, but his contract had been incentivised because of his knee problems. Um, and I also knew that we couldn't expect our main strikers, um, Teddy Sheringham and Les Ferdinand, to last forever. I kind of get where the guy's coming from in terms of, say, sort of doing it on the cheap. Wolves do it the other way round in terms of the ages of players, I think, in the... You know, they and it makes more sense, but you know, we won't be looking to replace Jean Martino with I'm assuming another 34 year old. You know, oh well, we'll have him for two years. <laughs> um, you know, we for example, um, I'd be surprised if we'll sign one matter to replace Jean Martino, yeah. Although, it... I'd love, I'd love one matter at my football club. Yeah, don't, I mean, know where, it, don't know where he'd play, how he'd play, but... 30, a 31-32-year-old, which is what he was when we signed him in the first place, I could see that happening. But, no, we ain't going to be signing anyone in their mid-30s. Um, but it's a, it's a good point because, I mean, look at how he's already talked already over and over again, how frustrated he is, and he he's openly publicly said what he wants and he's never been given it <laughs> there's only so much you can take when that kind of stuff happens to you and trailer has gone which he plainly didn't want to happen but obviously above everyone's uh out of everyone's hands other than his own which his choice he went to leave fine um but the question is going to be about Neves again and if he's got two years left on his deal in the summer you'd hope seeing how settled he is and that brilliant video of his son singing the, the Neves song to him. That's, kind of, that was wonderfully sweet, wasn't it? He kind of makes you think that he's perfectly happy here. Um, and he's still ridiculously young. So would he sign, if he signs a new deal, that's more of a statement of intent for me. If he doesn't, then you got to think, okay, some this is not going to what we were told, what we were sold and, that the uh, house of cards is going to come crumbling down and what do you do in that situation? I mean, are we going to spend money in the summer again? <laughs> Probably not. And you can kind of, you can, you can just cut and paste what we've said in the last two transfer windows for the summer. You yeah. can see it already. Whether there's, here there's been talking and there's no need for it whatsoever this time. There's no excuses. But would, in his situation, what does he do? If he gets us into contention, will he get a better offer? Will he want to take that with when he's done things with one hand side behind his back all season here? Who knows? Yeah, but I think the, he's got a right to be pissed off if it, if it comes to that, though. Yeah, and in a way, I can sort of get it from Bruno's point of view. I also think it looks very good on his CV as well because yeah, one of the things that I really rate about Bruno and to um, Nuno as well, actually. Is the fact that they improve players. Mm. Uh, you know, it's not just a case of, well, we need to just buy in a new player to be better. And 
however much Bruno is sort of saying, look, we need reinforcements here. He's getting a tune out of a hell of a lot of players who, frankly, a lot of us thought had hit their ceiling at Wolves. Yeah. And, you know, again, that that will speak to a lot of clubs that go, wow, hang on, if we can match your ability to improve players whilst investing in you to a right and find that right balance, then I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people take it, um, you know, will be interested in that. Um, what have we got next? Ah, yes. So, um, answer asks two questions. Um, I knew somebody did. And um, with pr- price, with cut price tickets and a lot of occasional fans slash families in yesterday, the atmosphere was quiet. Dot dot dot. Um, is this a glimpse of um, to a future if long term fans continue to be priced out? Branded clappers incoming um, in the club shop like Leicester. Stu. <laughs> are young so I think my question is are y- young people ruining football I don't quite know what the question is within it now I've sort of said it out li- out loud um, is the future of football just very sanitised and gentrified oh, well it, it's well, I've said this over and over again this season has been awful everywhere other than Leeds everywhere every single stadium this season Molyneux included, has been sterile and awful. It's been like, I don't know, It it's obviously got more to do with what happened in the, the, the 15 months beforehand, before, yeah. we all came, before we all came back and maybe people are scared of sort of singing that because they might catch it or, you know, so it might be a factor. But it's not just a Wolves problem. It is systematic in the entire league. And Leeds not having that chance the last season to be back they've got it now and they're making up for it because they were superb at Ellen Road mm. and obviously I don't like Leeds anyway who does apart from them but fair play to them credit where it's due they were incredible singing this whatever that silly song was with the scarves and everything it made an impact and they won the game so Molly has been in bad this season it's been like it, it's been like it used to be in the championship when we just pissing about in mid-table kind of with a wing and a prayer of the playoffs where it was the the bar be raised against the top teams in the league whereas for the rest of the time it was just very meh yesterday i was i think was kind of a, a storm of everything coming together and it being particularly bad but it is worrying when people who can't be asked to turn up seem to get all the boys get replaced with people who turn up again obviously not everyone can afford to go all the time you were priced out yourself yeah so when it comes to that then you replace it with people who have got more money who don't necessarily want to sing which is again their prerogative of course it's going to have an effect eventually and it'll trickle down trickle down and eventually it will be silent and it'll that's what it will be but i think for now in the next, if you're talking the next five years, I don't see it happening in that in that time period. But if they hike their prices up again in the summer, which we all expect them to do, especially if we get European football, that you're going to be talking hundred quid on top of what it was last summer. I mean, it's already mm. in that it was eighty five quid more expensive in the Steve Ball for people who got new tickets rather than people who renewed. I'm fully expecting to pay that price in the summer. 
regardless. So that'll be 729 quid in the Steve Ball for 19 games. Yeah. That's taking the piss. So you ain't going to get them, the, the Steve Ball Ultras who've developed over the last few years. A lot of them are so called down to earth working class blokes, but you know what I mean. They ain't going to be there if they, if they put prices up that much again. So who's going to replace them? The people who are there for cup games who don't sing. So they've got to, it's, it's worrying and they've got to be very careful about what they're doing. Yeah. Um, I think it must be a really difficult task for a football club to find that balance of, you know, they're, they're capped, aren't they? they? They're capped about how many people they can have. They can't have, you know, they want to promote to families and to young people because, you know, that... Yeah, we can't sort of say, oh, well, we've got day trips coming in from all over the place. Um, but it's like, well, yeah, because actually, the, you know, kids who haven't been able to kind of, you know, I had a season ticket when I was, what, 10 or something. But actually, if you don't get that opportunity then, then you kind of potentially have missed out on that, on that sort of potential pathway if you're not careful and getting in early. Um, so I think it, uh, it, it, is, it is tough for the, the club's perspective because they've got this weird demand that could fluctuate depending on what happens year after year um i mean in terms of sort of the atmosphere side of things i think it grows with time though and with tradition um and yeah yes they weren't great for it because everyone does get a little bit middled you know muddled up and stuff like that again it's not a good game it doesn't matter. You know, you can say, oh, well, there's people who aren't usually here. It's not like it's the huge majority of people who have never gone to a Wolves game before, have never gone to a football match who don't know. <laughs> it's it's like going to um, it's like going to Rocky Horror Picture Show, the theatre, where you have to do certain things, but you learn it. It's not, they don't sort of say it at the start, but when, you know, you, you shout a certain thing when, you know, someone comes up on stage, it's like the only play that happens with. Um, I've really gone for a really niche analogy. Here. I, <laughs> I appreciate it. I've started, I'll finish. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, actually, it can sort of take time to, you know, fucking learn chants just because you might have seen it on YouTube. You might not be comfortable doing it. You might not feel comfortable, you know, banging the chair and cheering the team on. That does, you know, I genuinely think that just takes time. You can't, you know, we'll can't all just rock up on day one going, well, I know exactly what I'll be doing. You know, if I went, um, you know, if me and you did our, you know, long American road trip and watched some NFL games, Stu, I think we'd probably spend half the time like taking it in rather than, you know, joining in whatever weird chance they have over there. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. That is such an appalling chant. <laughs> that is genuinely appalling. Right, I'm going to move on to the next question, which I'm pretty sure is by the same guy. It is. Um, again, another interesting theory by um, answer is Bruno seemed well pissed off in post-match interviews, um, making not-so-veiled remarks about doing the best with um, the squad size he has. Is he experiencing what Bruno... Uh, did but maybe contributing uh, to him losing his mojo slash boring tactics last season. 
I think they know his own issues and them issues follow him to Spurs and hopefully he stays away for a bit and finds himself again. But I think having a small squad, which is what he asked for, um, is the problem. But he was visibly pissed off. And I've mentioned this earlier on that you can see that he is now. And he's mentioned, mm-hmm. he's asked, he's put it in public knowledge what he wants. He hasn't been given it. And now at the first hurdle, when when one player gets taken away, it all goes to shit. Yeah. And that's for, that's for, that's on Fosen. That's on no one else but them. And so everyone who was all, oh, well, it was an okay transfer window and we can't spend money. Well, no, we can. And they need to put their finger in their pocket, in their hands in the wallets and put that money in. They'll get it back in the summer. But the situation we're in now with one winger, with one on loan at Blackburn, I mean, you see a couple of crosses he put over yesterday. <laughs> Oh, that one where he sort of did it almost where he was sort of stood still. Yeah, he even he just it it, it was Beckham esque from the it left. Was, yeah, it was outrageous. It was it was so nonchalant. It was like he was at a school. Play, it was a teacher on a school playground. Yeah. It was like oh, I'll just knock it back to the lads. Yeah, I mean it, everyone mocked and uh, the uh, Queen of Codsell and um, and me for saying about how much I like Ryan Giles. One game in. Tony Mowbray's there saying he's the best player they've had in training all season. One game in, putting two great crosses over, what we haven't had at all, from the left as well. So sending him out on loan seems like a stupid thing to do. Again, keeps wiping out on loan, stupid thing to do. There's a lot of weird stuff going on. And if all that brings him down and doesn't let him do his job properly, he's going to be pissed off and you can't blame him. Yeah, I, I I was gonna say I I agree with you on the I, I get where you could he's coming from in terms of Nuno I I, I think Nuno's exit at Wolves and that last season is sort of a bit mutually exclusive and was a culmination of three years stuff. Whereas I think Yetvi and Bruno were sort of half promised that we're getting new players in it just hasn't happened mm. and you know. Rumours of certain players joining it just was never happening to. Um, last question we got is from <laughs> David. Um, how much did the kiddie defeat um, affect the players? Did the players have tears in their eyes? That's why we couldn't pass a uh, ball properly. Bit, bit harsh, but I was a bit, I was good. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, Stu. You got to have a soft spot in your heart for like some teams of the. Uh, like non-league teams around here when they're playing a game like that, right? Well, the first ever game at the New Wembley was um, Kidderminster against... Yes, of course. And I went to that. As a, hmm. as a, I got a little Kidderminster flag oh. from uh, 2007. So, yeah, there was, it's a, and again, it's one of them places I've never been there. Okay. Weirdly enough, I've never been to Agbron once, so... There was, there was that hope against hope that the uh, stars had aligned and we might get a chance to go. But, yeah, so, yeah, they, again, they probably all hate us like Shrewsbury do. <laughs> but um, but there have never been any. And, obviously, the manager link and everything else and the team, the under-23s playing there and whatever. Yeah, it was it was sad. Um, but, yeah, tears in their eyes. Probably did. Probably did yeah. happen. I was going to say, did you see the um, photo post game of the Kidderminster management staff and David yeah. Moyes and his great photo? Really, like, 
you know what? I think showed what management and football is all about. Epitomised by, did you see the size of the assistant manager's desk? <laughs> it was, uh, I when someone pointed out, I cringed. It was about as a, a small a desk as a man could have and epitomised someone who has assistant in their job title, I think. It should have said, like, I don't think he's assistant manager. I think he's assistant to the manager at this point. I mean, it, it might as well have just been one of them old Victorian school desks. It pretty much was. Wasn't it? Oh, I thought that was oh, wonderful. But I was going to say, and Bournemouth have won um, as well. So I'll, we'll take that to the bank as well. Yes. I mean, we don't. I, we we know. We, Stu, I know your thoughts on Bournemouth. I know they're not as um, aggressive as they might have been previously. Now, certain people are no longer at that football club, but still nice. Still nice in it. No, they are. They were doing the last time I watched them on telly. They were still doing that kind of stuff. Oh, that's a shame. So it's it's, like it's inbred cheating into them, and they can't get yeah. out of it. One day, one day. I hope. Well, that nicely wraps up today's show. Um, big thanks to everyone who's uh, listened. We will be back to preview the Arsenal game, and I think we'll be doing a joint Arsenal review Spurs preview because we've got like no time in between games as well so lots of podcasts coming at you thick and fast in the next week or so um big thanks to our sponsors pixel yeti media um go check them out at pixelyetimedia.com uh big thanks to 90 min for their continued support and also quick shout out to forza football as well they are a football scores app where you can do some really fun things in terms of you know getting live scores and lineups but also being able to do some predictions as well and reviewing games afterwards so sort of slightly different than some other um football apps out there i've had a lot of fun um playing around with the last sort of week or so and hopefully say when we've now we've got lots of fixtures coming up there'll be lots of really fun uh content to kind of keep an eye on there um go check them out um i'll put a link in the podcast description for anyone who's listening to this audio by audio um for anyone who's on youtube you'll see the qr code on your screen i'll also drop it in the description as well because i am wonderful um make sure you keep up to date with all things walls um on our social media which is at walls fancast on all our social media and that wraps it up for today so until next time it's goodbye from Stu. goodbye from me Trial. and it's goodbye from me see you next time gang